0: If you like to get it done and not spend more than is necessary to learn anything, this is the podcast for you. It's named after my book, Eight Minutes to Ageless. Just 15 minutes every week, you will learn something cool to make your body better, your life better, your mind better. I share tips from my books, from other great healthcare books, some interviews with people who are making life look easy, and peeks into some case studies I see every day as a chiropractor. I've been a practicing healthcare provider for 40 years and have about another 20 under my belt because I love to see people get well, feel better, have hope, and make life better for those around them. My name is Kelly Pearson, and I'm the host of this podcast, so let's get going. Well, hello there. Back with you, Kelly Pearson here to finish up the topic we started last time, but didn't have didn't have ample time to get her done. So I. that's what I love about these short podcasts is they're consumable, number one. And it supports, again, my commitment to doing the best work in the least amount of time. <laughs> Sounds sort of lazy, but really, uh, I look at it more as using the best of your time. So we were talking last time about my love affair with Dr. McGill, who is uh, quite an amazing physician in terms of figuring out what is causing someone's back pain in terms of what they're doing uh, during their life. So that, hey, it's one thing to get fixed by your PT or your chiropractor or your massage therapist or your surgeon, but then it's a whole nother thing and maybe even more important to stay out of harm's way. So that's what we're talking about today. And um, we didn't quite get to uh, some training protocols, but so remember, remember that when you are uh, as a human being, the biggest, biggest muscle in your body is your gluteus maximus. Um, and it has a sister, a sister muscle and a baby muscle, gluteus medius and gluteus minimus. They essentially function as one, but they are the biggest muscles in the body in terms of their ability to sustain, to create force. And you want to use them. You don't want just to sit on them. You want to use them. The only way you can use them is if you put those muscles at a stretch. So when they go ahead and contract, they they have more, more movement to actually uh, experience. So when a muscle is stretched, if, as long as it's not overstretched, it has it gets longer. So it has a greater capacity to to engage, to, to shorten and to create a contraction that's powerful. And so in order to that for that to happen, you must be able to hip hinge, to hinge at your hips. And again, people don't know where their hips are, but if you stand up and you march in place and you put your hands to the sides of what you call your butt, and you notice, okay, my leg is coming up and it's coming up because of a joint here, if you put your finger where the where the flexion, the 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 angle is becoming more acute, where that flexion of your of your thigh is happening, that's your hip joint. People will point to their hip joints and their low back and whatnot. That's the hip joint, and that's someone that has to hinge. That's someone that has to bend. And we always hip hinge. If we go down to sit on a toilet. So Dr. McGill has an exercise called the potty squat, which, you know, I guess it's the best term you could use, but I'll have a picture of it in the show notes for you, but you've got to practice that. And you can do that by getting close to a chair that's not too low and sticking your butt out, hip, hip hinging, keeping your back straight. Now your back is not straight up and down, but it's straight in terms of the fact that maybe has a your head as a forward trajectory, but the spine is still straight. So there are, that's sometimes confusing to people. So you keep the spine straight, your hip hinges and you go to approximate your butt to the t- to the chair. And then you get there almost there and you oh there you can sense it and then go ahead and stand back up and you repeat it. Now if you find you're getting down there and like oh I don't trust the I don't trust the the chair's there. This is too far to go then put a pillow on that chair or find a chair that's a little bit higher. And as you get better and better at this, you can remove the pillow. You could practice this on a lower chair. You can go into the restroom and use your actual toilet as, as a guide. But when you can start hip hinging and going down and coming up using your butt muscles, it contracts, you are doing great. And a lot of times the motor pattern for people is such that they feel like they're going to fall down. So the other thing you want to pay attention to is your feet, making sure that the center of mass is not just in your heels or not just in your toes, but actually uh, a tripod effect. So your great toe, your little toe, and your heel is where the focus should be on your feet. And if you if you don't do that, you will not be able to engage your glutes the way you really want. So um, another analogy, some of you may recognize, you come in the door with two two bags of groceries and it's cold outside you've somehow finagled to get into the door by holding one of your bags on your knee while you lean up against the door and you shove that key in but when you get back in you don't have a way to shut the door so you kind of walk over and stick your butt out and slam the door (laughs) slam the door with your rear or push it with your rear that's that's another way to look at a hip hinge now, it's not really the best way to practice because you don't want a loaded spine, a weighted spine with all those groceries. But it gives you a visual picture, right? Okay, so in the last little bit of this seminar, I want to or webinar, I want to talk about podcasts, I should say. My goodness, gotta get my vernacular right. You want to know and understand the ways to reduce tissue damage to your back, and that includes the vertebrae in your back, that includes the discs in your back. That includes the ligaments that connect your bones together. That includes the tendons that attach the muscle to the vertebra of your back. And one of the most important things is honor it when you feel like you're being asked to help lift something heavy and you're like, whoa, that is so heavy. I'm not ready for that. It doesn't mean you couldn't do it potentially, but you're not ready for that. And I can't tell you the number of people who said, I just. I knew I couldn't do it, but my husband asked me or my best friend needed my help and I did it and immediately I felt pain. What can happen sometimes is that the disc gets loaded um, with pressure and actually causes a perforation of the end plate, the bottom part of the vertebra right above it. And it it causes an end plate fracture, which is Crazy, But the actual disc, uh, because it's fluid filled, if you're under too much pressure and you're osteoporotic or osteopenic, or you don't have the strength in the muscles to, to sustain a good, tight, strong body, you can actually break the end plate. And part of that disc migrates up into the end plate. Now, that's a, that's a bummer because now your disc loses some of its height. And disc height, my friends, is the cushion that you want to maintain because that disc height creates an opportunity for a proper space for the nerves to exit at that level outward. And if that disc starts to degenerate or has been exposed to significant pressures causing end plate fracture, now the space where the nerves exiting to the leg is smaller and we call that stenosis and now you're more likely to experience nerve pain or nerve tugging or nerve pressure and that sucks because the one part of the body that will not tolerate stretching or pain without screaming at you is your nerve so you really want to keep your your discs healthy what are other ways um, to focus on that well you want to reduce the time you are in a forward fold. Now, I can't tell you again, the number of time patients have come in and go, all I did was garden for an hour. And then I asked them what they were doing. And they said, I was weeding. Can you show me how you weed? And of course, they're straight legged. They're fully bent in their back. And they're down there because they're really excited to finally pull some of these dang weeds out. And they stay there for too long. And then they pop up and boom, their back is killing them because you've been putting tremendous amount of compressive force on the disc. Now, if you'd been sticking your butt out and bending your knees and feeling some pull in the hamstring as you were doing it a little bit, not stressing the back, you would have been much, much better off. So very important to to remember that. And how else would you slump for too long a period of time? Well, sitting in a chair slumped over, playing a video game, sitting in a chair slumped over, um looking at your phone, you know the drill, so one of the things I love to do when I'm drying my hair in the morning is i I flip my head over my my head over to allow the hair dryer to get to the back of my head it's this quicker, and what I do is I hip hinge as maximally as I can, and my I feel this nice tension in my hamstrings not a painful tension, but it's a tension because it's creating stability. And my back is completely straight. And my butt is way, way, way out. And it just feels great to experience that full hip hinge and a little bit of hamstring tightness uh, as a protective measure. But my back is straight and feels great. Now, if you don't have the strength to do that at first, please don't because you'll end up doing crazy things like bending too much in your back if you're not used to hip hinging. So the other thing that's super important is if you have been down in the flexion pose, bending over, and um, you've been down there for a period of time and then you come up quickly, well, that's not good either because you have to allow the discs to change shape. So when you bend forward, the disc opens up in the back part of the spine. Due to disc deformation, the ligaments deform a little bit. They respond to the stress that they're in, and then if you come up too quickly, the back part of the disc is now bigger um, from bent being bent over. Right? The the universe loves a void, so when you're bending over, that disc material will migrate posteriorly or towards the back. When you go to get up, you need to honor um, a little bit of patience and come up slowly, um, so that the the disc material that's migrated posteriorly has an opportunity to slowly and appropriately move forward. But if you're constantly, you know, going down a deflection for a while and then getting up quickly and then going down a deflection a while and getting up quickly, that's not good. You're creating too much compression. Um, and you have to come out quickly. Like for for instance, um, good example. I can sit on my. on on a chair and put my toes underneath my butt. So my knees are fully flexed and I can stay there for quite a period of time. Matter of fact, I kind of like doing that when I'm doing chart notes. I don't know why, but it is the way it is. But at my age of 65, when I come to get out of that pose, I cannot pop out. I have to come out slowly. I'm going to honor the fact that I've just deformed some in the, even the shape of the meniscus a little bit in my knees. I've got to come out slowly. So don't be impatient with yourself. The other thing that's critical is to reduce the opportunity to slip and fall. um, Because that creates horrible compression in the lumbar spine. It can create compression fractures where the vertebra actually fails and crunches downward on itself and then puts you in a precarious position of being forever bent over. Uh, more than you should, and that's no good. Now, there are things you can do medically. You can go and have cement-ish stuff injected into that disc to plump it up, I mean, excuse me, into the vertebral body to plump it up. But there's generally like a six to eight week period, uh, especially with Medicare, six week period, where if you don't get it done in that period of time, they won't do it at all. So if you have had a compression fracture, you might not know it, you need to get an X-ray, you just can't stand up, it hurts like heck we we'll take a look and see if that's the, If that's the case, because the kyphoplasty, which is that cement um, procedure, what it's referred to, can be beneficial. Um, okay, so reducing slips and falls. Well, you know, I have a place when I walk down my stairs outside to get to my garage, I have wiped out on that corner a ton when there's a little bit of ice. And um, I've wiped out, fallen hard, and kind of, I, I call it my my bone strength test. <laughs> I haven't broken anything thus far. But now I, I know I'm not going to ever go faster around that corner anymore. I'm going to really lift my feet up and put them straight down. I'm not going to zip around that corner. So by experience, like, okay, this is a bad place. Go slow. Wear the right shoes. I mean, I have some, some cowboy boots I love to wear, but man, in the winter, they don't hold traction. I'm going to fall on my butt, so I don't wear them. Um, and, and then, you know, use things in your in your capacity, if you are responsible for a walkway at your home, particularly with stairs, throw a little salt down, throw a little, uh, have something down to melt that dang ice. Okay, so obviously reducing slips and falls is, doesn't need to be said, but yet we're so silly. Um, we know, oh, here's another example. I was getting out of my car several years ago uh, to go for a run and with the, with the dogs and stepped out, it was icy, and boom, I fell on my butt from the seat of the car. Like, oh, good Lord. Um, So I'm really, really careful now. You know, you learn from experience. The other thing is just reduce the length of time you're sitting. If you're sitting for three or four hours, and you don't have an opportunity to get up Bad on you, man. If you're driving, you need to stop every two to three hours if you've got disc problems and you need to do the two-bounce stretch protocol. If you're if you're flying across the pond, absolutely you need an aisle seat so you get up without offending people all the time. You can go back and do your two-bounce protocol with some flexion and extension and just get things moving. And the last thing I'll share with you is... Um, there's been some really cool studies around how to reduce discal stress in your back. If you have the capacity, the strength in your arms and not a lot of shoulder pain, you can do this. So what what you do is you sit on a chair that's wide enough and, um, and soft enough for your fist. You take fist, you make your hand a fist, you put your fist down by your hips, and in this chair you are going to push your arms into a straight pose and you're gently right next to your hips. You're going to push your arms in a straight pose. This is again, assuming you don't have shoulder pain and you're going to unweight your back for three seconds and you're going to relax and then you're going to do it again five to 10 times. If you did that every hour on the hour because you're forced to be sitting, that would be like getting up and taking a break. So that's really, really important. So obviously, if you're in a chair where it's too narrow and you can't fit your hands to the side of your hips, such as my desk chair in this moment, don't try it there. Go to a place where there's, there's more space. And it's, uh, the studies have shown that it reduces the amount of pressure significantly so that long-term sitting is not so challenging to your back. All right then, so we've covered some good stuff in the show notes. I'll have a picture of the potty squat so you can see what that looks like. And uh, what I pray for all of you is that you do the smart thing, stay out of harm's way, don't hurt your back because the happiest people I know are people that don't have pain every day. And um, we're we're moving, moving fo- towards that direction. I hope you guys have a great day. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks for spending 15 minutes with me. My website, PearsonWorry.com, includes an awesome, if I don't say so myself, online classes I teach on chronic neck and chronic back pain, really designed to give you tools to kick your own pain. If you want to play on the civility workshop with us, you'll find the Zoom links on that resource page as well. Pick up my book, Eight Minutes, to Ageless for Someone Who's Driving You Nuts, Moping Around, Feeling Sorry for Themselves. If you want to watch online videos of the active content of my book, Go to to 8 com. Of course, a great review of this podcast is always appreciated and even better to share it with a friend. Hope you have a terrific day.